Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show, broadcasting live from Skid Row Studios in scenic downtown Los Angeles and streaming live Monday nights at 9 p.m. at skidrowstudios.com. So tune in and watch or listen to the show as it happens. Check out the live feed because it's fun, it's exciting, and yeah. Anyway, welcome to the show. Tonight, I am joined by nobody. That's right. There isn't a goddamn soul here other than me. Uh, William's here in Mission Control, of course, because somebody's got to uh, twiddle the knobs and, and whatnot. That's not a euphemism. But um, yeah, no guests tonight, which frankly is something I, um, within the last week, was kind of hoping for. Even though I'd put some feelers out to people to sit in, I thought, you know what? I have it since I've been here at the studio which has been for the entirety of 2015, uh, minus one episode, I thought, you know what? It would be good because I always have notes of things I want to talk about. And you may see me staring or, or screwing around with my phone or uh, little post-it notes. Sometimes I have post-it notes of things sitting here or a notebook or my tablet, something. So I accumulate little notes of things I want to talk about just as uh, kind of more as a guide than anything else. Just to say, oh, look, I got to remember. And usually it's like, a word. Like right now, it's shockingly, but like on the post note in front of me, it just says Wes Craven. So I know partly that I'll be talking about Wes Craven. But uh, anyway, I usually have something like that handy here. So if you see me kind of uh, messing around, which you probably wouldn't, at least from, from this angle. And uh, yeah, usually I'll have a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about. I don't get to all of it because if I have a guest come in and I'm sitting here monologuing or something, you know, at the top of the show... I'll let them know, like, if you want to hang out here, that's cool. And then, you know, in 10, 15 minutes after I'm done, I'll come out and get you. You know, we'll cut to a, a clip or a break of some sort. And then I'll come get you and you come into the studio. And then I do a monologue and I look up at the monitor, which has the, the countdown clock going, and it's at 22 minutes. And I'm like, who the hell has been talking this whole time? So I have more than enough uh, kind of <laughs> things to say or things I want to touch on. But most recently, there have been um, a lot of things. And I thought it'd be fun to just address you directly. You're essentially the people who I'm talking to because, um, first of all, uh, I want to thank everybody who has been following the show on social media. Of course, Cape Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Please follow the show. It's the best way to find out everything that's going on. Granted, I don't often tease guests, which is, or I should say announce them um, before the day of the show because mm, it's... It, I just haven't done it. There's really no good reason other than um, maybe a, a slight degree of paranoia that uh, something won't work out. But I do oftentimes post uh, the show certainly goes up on Facebook uh, when the video version and uh, the audio version is up on iTunes, the video versions on YouTube. So uh, by Wednesday, everything gets posted up on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. And uh, Facebook as well. Just look for Chris Abal's podcast experiment. And of course, all the links are at chrisabalo.com so you can always head there but anyway i do want to thank all of you who have been subscribing to the show watching the show sharing the show i've learned more and more this year from um being able to not so much worry about the production aspect of it one of the many reasons i like coming here to the studio to do the show so i've been more hands-on or more consistent let's say with social media along with some assistance when it comes to spreading the word and looking at the numbers and looking at the, the audience grow, which it really has over this past year. It's been pretty incredible. And I'm flattered because as I said a few weeks back now, 
everything is pretty much niche. So chances are you found the show because somebody shared the show on social media or somebody told you about it through word of mouth or whatever. And that's great because what, what better way to spread the word than by, uh, than by recommendation. So thank you all who have been subscribing, who've been downloading the show. Uh, and if you tuned in for one guest one week and, uh, or you tune in for some of the regulars who come in here and you stuck around, then that's great. Thank you, too. Um, thank you as well for clicking through the Amazon banner at chrisabalo.com. I do very, very much appreciate that uh, because that does help. And a lot of you have been using it, and I appreciate it. And I'm very flattered by it. Thank you for uh, also donating through the PayPal button because that's a tremendous help. Believe me, I'm not taking that money and going on cruises. I'm not doing anything extravagant. It goes to pay for the studio time here, which is because we like doing the show here at the studio. I like it. Uh, people seem to enjoy to be able to, or have the option, I should say, to uh, watch the show. A lot of guests come in like the fact that there's a video component to it and they're not just doing audio because a lot of shows that are, that are podcasts, solely podcasts, are just audio. So the fact that there's a video element to it, a lot of guests have liked that. And they've liked being able to share it uh, through YouTube and just share the video of like, hey, here's me talking for however long. So that's one of the many reasons we like coming here to the studio to do it. And um, thank you. <laughs> if, if you donate, then you're helping to keep the show happening. And uh, boy, lots to talk about. I know I say that every week, but uh, there truly is. Uh, thank you as well to all the guests who've been coming through this entire year. There, of course, have been uh, the regulars who come in. Um, thanks in particular to Sherry Bass, who this summer has been on the show pretty much every other week for the last few months. Because uh, she's always game to jump in and talk about whatever and her and I go back and forth about music and movies and all sorts of stuff all the time. So it's, it's just like, uh, well, let's, we're, let's get together Monday. We'll talk about it on the show because we'd be having this conversation anyway. So she'd come in and sit in with me and uh, essentially co-host and, and banter with me, which is, I'd say that's a good thing because you know what? Maybe having somebody here to temper me, <laughs> to actually uh, give me a look like, mm, you're not actually going to talk about this, are you? Mm, maybe this is a little online. Uh, and also somebody to uh, potentially take the ball. If <laughs> one of the big fears I had going into doing the show live on a weekly basis was I thought, oh man, I really hope I don't need to, to run out to the bathroom in the middle of the show. Cause then what am I going to do? And tonight there's no contingency plan. So let's hope my bladder plays along because I, I planned at times to have clips loaded or there'll be a break or, or something. And I've even told the guests, like, if you need to go just um, point to the door or something and that's fine. And I'll, carry the ball until you get back. But uh, it's been it's been tremendous, the amount of people who've come in here, the people who've recommended the show to other people uh, as far as, hey, you should come on the show. Um, Lauren Sperling's been great about coming on and bringing her co-stars and um, her actor friends and, and different people who've come in. And uh, the fact that people have spread the word is great. I honestly and truly appreciate the fact that people are digging the show, people are listening uh, a lot of people, which by the way, if you didn't know, you can find if uh, you're chomping at the bit for Monday night's show, then you can find it at chrisabalo.com. I post it on Tuesdays because I have access to the uh, show files before they go up on iTunes. That is done by the folks here at Skid Row Studios. They take care of uh, the, the audio post, which then is essentially the iTunes feed. So if you want the audio version and can't wait, you can check it out uh, by, I mean, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon on chrisabal.com. It pretty much all 
Depends, but it is available on Tuesdays if you can't wait until it pops up uh, in your in your iTunes library. Which, speaking of which, some people have asked, and uh, something I've wanted to address for a while. One of the many things I always think, oh, I should talk about this. Oh, it's on my notes, and I should probably, and then I don't remember. So, what we're in right now, being here at the studio, is uh, essentially Cape 2.0. Let's use a term everybody everybody knows. And uh, a style everybody's familiar with. Uh, this is essentially the, the second wave of CAPE. The first one, which was done uh, the, the previous two years, started uh, April 1st, 2013, and uh, carried on every other week on Mondays until last year into 2014, uh, up until May when I put the show on hiatus because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I thought, I want to keep doing a show, but eh. you may have already been aware of this. Uh, apologize if you've heard it already. However... Just so everybody is kind of up to date. Uh, so then when I relaunched the show, the first Monday of 2015 uh, was an audio-only show that was done at home. And then the next week we went live here at Skid Row Studios. Now, the iTunes feed, which seems to be where... I'm addressing iTunes specifically because that seems to be where the majority of the downloads are coming from. The iTunes feed only has the show starting at Cape 32 and up until and including this show, which is uh, another landmark, actually, that I realized last week and, and wanted to point out. I've now been doing, I've now done more episodes of Crystal Ball's podcast experiment here at the studio than I did in Cape 1.0 when I was doing it out of my apartment, which is uh, pretty cool. So now this, this live show is in the majority. And people have even said, are you going to change the name of the show? Because it's really a live show. And, th and that's another thing um, people have liked about it and guests have liked about it. Uh, viewers, listeners, fans have enjoyed about the show. The fact that it's, that it's also uh, live, it's in a studio, in a professional studio. If you look around here, it's, it's pretty awesome. But anyway, so the first wave of the show, Cape 1 through 31, is not currently available in the iTunes feed. And... Jeremy, owner of Skid Row Studios, um, had, had said, basically opened the door to say, if you want to put those shows up here so they're all in one consistent feed, you can. I haven't as of now because there's kind of, since there's a distinction stylistically between the two, so far the two versions of the show, the original run, the first 31 episodes, and then everything in 2015, minus one, I thought, well, might as... Might as well kind of keep them separate. Now, all the episodes are available at chrisabal.com, as I said. So if you want to check out those first 31 episodes, and many have, uh, another reason why I'm bringing this up, then uh, you can just hit the cape tab at chrisabal.com. But because uh, people have gone back and listened to my one-on-one -on -one episodes with uh, John Karunas and Candace Feltz and a whole collection of, of other guests who have come through through these hallowed halls of, <laughs> of cape. But anyway... I kind of said, well, I, I want to keep the two errors separate. And if people want the original run, they could go check them out on my website. I kind of direct everyone to my website for all sorts of things anyway, for the, the sponsors, for the Amazon banner and whatnot. And then I thought, well, maybe people, since iTunes is where the majority of downloads come from, maybe I should make it all one feed. So I'm going to throw it out there to you guys. I like the idea of keeping them separate. But if you want everything in one feed and you want easier access to the shows... Uh, say so. Let me know. Of course, you can uh, tweet the show, uh, post on the Facebook wall or whatever. Um, once again, at Cape Pod on all platforms except Facebook. Look for Chris Ball's podcast experiment. I believe it's facebook.com slash Cape Official, I think. I don't think Cape Pod was available. But 
Anyway, uh, or you can email the show, capethepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at Chris Abalo. I always forget to plug my personal stuff. Uh, at Chris Abalo on Twitter and at Chris Sells Out on Instagram. So, you're welcome um, to let me know what you think. If you want everything in one feed, if you want the entire history of Cape, uh, the, the anthology, if you want it all in one consistent feed, that's fine. The, just let me know. And if so, then we'll take the time and, and we'll get it done. But as of now, I kept them separate on purpose. But if people want it, then I'm all about it. So we'll make it happen. Anyway, um, so once again, thank you to the guests who've come through. Thank you to um, everyone who's been subscribing, who's been tuning in live on a weekly basis. There's a lot of people who's tuning in tonight, which is great. Boy, aren't you all sorely disappointed? He's looking at my mug for at least, what's it, about 14 minutes? Whew. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're like, I hope those funny people are going to be on the show this week. No, it's just him. Oh, damn it. Anyway, um, so as I mentioned before, uh, Wes Craven, man, can't not talk about him because of what a tremendous influence he's been on just filmmakers. And um, Jesus, I didn't even know he had brain cancer. I mean, 76 is a pretty good run, but then I think 76 is young because in my head, it's like, well, my, my dad's... 70s gonna be 74 soon <laughs> so when i hear 76 in the back of my mind i'm kind of but um the dude still had stuff in production for tv shows and movies and all sorts of other i mean geez he was still working on products which is i i say that's why people stick around i think that's why people end up lasting for so long that's why somebody like william shatner still working into his 80s and uh, michael kane in his 80s betty white's in her 90s I think as long as you still have something to keep you going and you have stuff to perpetually work on, I really think that has a lot to do with keeping you keeping you going because you have quite literally have something to live for. Like I have something to get out of bed for. I have something to do. But man, there's a uh, there there's so much many smarter people have said <laughs> people much smarter than me uh, concerning Wes Craven and man, he's just the titles of his movies are so incredible. Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The People Under the Stairs, The Serpent and the Rainbow. I mean, these are obviously well thought out titles. It's not the noun or something kind of uh, generic or it's not. I mean, granted, later scream, but even that is enough to kind of elicit a reaction from people. I mean, when that came out and I was in high school when that movie came out, the first one. And, um, man, it, it, just the idea of like, did you see Scream? Like, even as, a title as simple as that, I just feel like it's something that there was a real effort put into, like, we're going to give this something that really stands out. Because when you hear the hills have eyes, that gets your attention. Or the people under the stairs. Or something that'll get to you. It's certainly A Nightmare on Elm Street, which, think about it. The guy made A Nightmare on Elm Street, which kind of um, re revitalized. Not that there was anything wrong with horror before but um, let's say reinvented horror. And then 12 or so years later, does it again with Scream. You can't say that about many filmmakers that they've uh, they reinvented a genre twice <laughs> in two consecutive decades. That's crazy. And um, I still, as far as horror series go, I, I absolutely have Nightmare on Elm Street, that whole anthology of movies i put that at the top of the list for me because the idea that one place you're supposed to be safe in your sleep like i'm gonna go to bed i'm gonna go under under my covers and i'll buy nightlight 
or something. This is me today, by the way. And uh, I think everything's going to be fine. Nothing's going to get me. It's cool. But then when you do fall asleep in your dreams, something can kill you. It's one, And I'm bringing my tone down just to emphasize exactly how creepy this could be. So I'm not going to suddenly raise my voice and scare you. Or will I? Anyway. That, that's the thing that always really, really got to me, especially as a kid. Now, obviously a child of the 80s. So I was well aware of Nightmare on Elm Street. And as much as it got uh, almost silly with like the talking Freddy doll and things like that, there are things that were almost catered to kids, which is weird because you'd never see that now. I don't think there's any R-rated franchise where you're going to have kids' toys. I mean, there's no like Easy e toy because of Straight Outta Compton. I mean, I'm sure somebody will make straight, like there'll be a, uh, for the adult collector, one of those things where it's like uh, an authorized uh, replica figure of Easy e Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Circa, uh, NWA. But this was different. These were like plush Freddy dolls. It was so, so strange. And uh, I remember flipping channels when I was a kid and it was in October because of course everybody's showing Halloween movies. And... They were doing Nightmare on Elm Street for the entire week. They were doing, at the time, I think it was just the first five were out. So they were doing one a night, Monday to Friday. And I remember it was Channel 11, WPIX at the time. And I happened to pass, must have been a Wednesday night, because it was Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And uh, happened to stop on the movie. And um, 3, man, the first one's great. And so is the third one. They're kind of neck and neck for my favorite in that series. But it's if you haven't seen the third one, it's where the kids are in the uh, mental hospital because of, of different things. And Freddy's haunting all their dreams. And it's the one, if, if you've seen, it's when uh, he, he goes after the girl with uh, who has the drug problem with needles. And uh, the girl, <laughs> your big break in TV, bitch, where the girl is always watching TV, like invades the TV, picks her up and smashes her head into the, to the TV. You've probably seen that. Which, by the way, totally doesn't hold up because now it's just like it's a small screen. It's flat. You're big breaking TV, bitch. That's me smacking the monitor. I'm not going to mess it up, I swear. William's like getting all sweaty. Looking at me smacking the equipment. Like, told you, don't do that. I'm going to get charged for this. But anyway, uh, yeah, him just kind of smack. Like, there's no glass to break anymore. So that's something that's unfortunately, uh, that's a bygone era, as I like to say. But uh, anyway, there's one part where um, he takes the one kid. And I literally stopped on the channel at this part. And he's... Freddy's essentially in the sky and he's walking this kid using his veins and arteries like a puppet and kind of walking him through the hospital out on this ledge and a bunch of the kids see him out there like no don't jump don't do it but they they're awake so they don't see Freddy I don't think they do anyway well regardless um Freddy just takes his claw hand and just phew, Blades right across the, the kid's arteries and he falls to his death. And I remember seeing that at uh, like 11. It freaked me out. Really, really freaked me out. But that was also kind of the fun of watching horror movies because you can maybe get freaked out, which is a lot of fun. Like that's the thrill of seeing horror movies and going to see them. When you see Wes Craven's name on a movie, it instantly kind of gave you that feeling like, ooh, this is going to be something. Man, this guy makes good movies. He's one of those names who, when you heard Wes Craven's name attached to it, you thought, ooh, this is going to be good. Because everybody knows who he is. One of those few, I think there are only a few, maybe more now, but particularly in the 80s when it's like, you know, you have Spielberg and um, George Lucas. And, you know, there were a few, uh, John Carpenter, certainly, uh, with The Thing and with Halloween. But there weren't as many 
as many names that really were were as bankable as Wes Craven. And uh, man, just just the fact that he's gone now, it's it's weird. I couldn't even tell you the last new movie of his I saw. I I gave up on Scream after Scream Three. Frankly, I never saw Scream Four. I had no interest in the Scream TV series that's happening now, which is fans probably fine for high school kids, but I just don't think I'd probably enjoy it too much. That first one was so much fun, and the fact they just kind of recycled it every for, for the, the sequels was just it just didn't do anything for me. But I don't remember the last new Wes Craven movie I saw, but I was definitely more more tempted if to see a movie, uh, more enthusiastic about it if his name was on it. And uh, just Nightmare on Elm Street alone. I mean, if that's the dude's legacy, which overall I'd say it is, that's certainly the thing he's uh, most known for, then hey, not not a bad legacy to to go on, especially having done the first and last movies in that series, uh, at least the original Robert Englund run, then, man, it's a shame. So, <sighs> would have been great to see what else he had uh, cooked up. But, man, uh, I didn't know he had brain cancer. It's a shame to hear that he'd passed away. But, uh, Wes Craven, you will definitely be missed. And, uh, yeah, not much more I can really say about that. A uh, couple, as, as we talked a bit about last week, there uh, been some events lately too, which I didn't want to talk about until they, they had happened or were about to happen. Uh, and truthfully, this is one of the ways this week was a, a wild card where, as I've talked about on this show and uh, the original, well, my original show, the only podcast that matters. My cousin, Pete Morano, is the guitar player in Orleans Avenue which is as in uh, Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue. And last Wednesday, they played at the Hollywood Bowl. I know, the Hollywood Bowl. And because of his, uh, because he's touring, it's because of a band that's fairly recognizable. And uh, the fact that he's come through now three times since I've been, about three times in the last two years. Actually, yeah, it has been two years. I saw them in Santa Monica Pier two years ago. And then they're at the uh, Fonda Theater last year. And then uh, now they're just at the Hollywood Bowl. And he's somebody who people have asked me, especially having done this show, where I'm kind of sitting and chatting with people one-on-one, at least that's how it originally started, but still kind of carries on uh, that format more or less. Except tonight. But uh, they said, when are you going to have him on the show? And I said, well, when he's in town and when he has time, great. So I was hoping to get some kind of time with him and uh, unfortunately didn't. Uh, Thankfully, got tickets to see the show. They were great. The band is always awesome. And uh, just see an enthusiastic Hollywood Bowl crowd was was cool. And a big deal. I mean, to be on stage, to perform at the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, it, it's one of those venues that everybody like everybody knows. This is like Madison Square Garden. I, I think it's probably in that same league of venues where like people probably can't tell you the name of a lot of arenas in Houston or Dallas, let's say, or Cleveland other than locals, but like the Hollywood Bowl, recognizable name. Massive Square Garden, recognizable name. So the, I was thrilled to see that the band was going to be playing at the Hollywood Bowl. And I was way, way excited at the chance to actually get to see them and hang out with them because since the, that band's perpetually on tour, it's, there's usually not a lot of time. They're usually in one day and gone the next. That's exactly what happened this time. Uh, was hoping to get a few minutes with them. Because I thought it'd be great to at least um, just do even do an audio only show this week and not do a show from the studio. 
I thought, well, if I get even 20 minutes with him, we can talk about a few things and just get one-on-one. Um, also because, frankly, a uh, family of mine who follows the show who don't get to see Pete a lot because he's on the road, it would be cool for them to, in a way, kind of catch up with him and for you all to meet him. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. They came in Wednesday, played Wednesday night, early flight out Thursday. I mean, that's the nature of being a, a touring musician, unfortunately. So I didn't even get to see him before or after the show. I got to see the show itself, and then we were texting during the day and then afterwards. So I got to see him in person, but we didn't get to interact. So uh, kind of a drag, but a big deal to play at the Hollywood Bowl. And man, also my first time there. I'd never been to see a show there, which is ridiculous. It's so stupid to think I lived in California all in over five years, maybe closer to six years. I'd never been to the Hollywood Bowl. What the hell? Why does it take me this long? And then I end up going to see, but the cool thing is I end up going to see for the first time seeing my cousin perform there. So how cool is that? That's a really, um, that's a nice first time. I was very happy about that. But anyway, uh, the thought was, yeah, maybe I can get them on the show. If they're going to be in town, um, I was thinking last Monday, depending how early they got here, because I think, well, this is music industry territory. Maybe they're going to be in town for a few days because they didn't have any tour dates uh, the days preceding it or for a few days afterwards. So I thought, well, maybe they'll be here. Thought maybe he can come in the studio last week. If they played Wednesday, I doubted he was still going to be here today. But I thought if we talk, then, you know, maybe I can just post it as an audio only show and the show wouldn't be live in the studio this week. And uh, I even had considerations for doing that tonight. I thought maybe I should do an audio-only show. Maybe just record something at home, get to speak one-on-one with everybody who's listening and watching. But this is how we're doing the show now. So it makes sense for me to be here, even though I'm by myself, to be here in the studio, to be looking at you or speaking to you directly and saying, you know what? Here's everything that's going on. Here's kind of what I want to catch you up on. And incidentally... There may be, as part of uh, getting, getting back on uh, what's going on the Cape specifically, uh, there may be some instances in the future that could be audio-only shows. Because, pardon me while I re- refresh, now it's been almost a half hour straight talking. But uh, there have been some people I've reached out to, or um, people in my circle have reached out to, because there seems to be and this isn't patting myself on the back, this isn't trying to be braggy or boastful at all, but there seems to be a good uh, response, especially when people are, people from people who've been on the show and people who watch the show, they just, people like that the fact that it's, number one, takes place professionally. When, when you say podcast, a lot of people think it's happening in someone's apartment or in someone's basement or garage or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've done many, literally hundreds of episodes in uh, houses and apartments and what have you. So um, nothing wrong with it, but they, they see this is essentially like a live show that is then podcasted and uh, it intrigues people. And the fact that I'm fairly laid back as a host and uh, just that they dig the, the style of the show or my style, that uh, there's been interest from people to appear on the show. So in the coming months, because frankly, I've been looking at the rest of the year because now tomorrow's September, for Christ's sake. Can you believe that? Already. We're two-thirds through 2015. When the hell did that happen? I can't even believe this is Cape 65. I can't believe we're already up here. Even though having started 32, it's like 65 already. Jesus Christ, where's the time go? But I've kind of been looking at the the next few months and everything that's going to happen. And i um, happy to say there will be some old friends on the show. Uh, some you know and some you don't. Some who've been on once and we've been trying to have a return. 
Uh, so old friends are going to be some new friends who come on. Old friends, new friends. Da, 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 da. We'll be together at Christmas. Sorry, I'm a little throaty from talking. Anybody know that? Oh, God. We just lost like 14 viewers because I was singing. No, look, if, if you don't know what that is, that's a Muppet and Henson family kind of song from the uh, first time I heard it was the Christmas toy, which is, I think, 86. It's an all puppet uh, Henson production. And uh, the following year was on the Muppet Family Christmas, one of my favorite holiday specials. So don't mind me going off on a little tangent. Um, but because there are people who are outside of my circle, people who aren't, or who let's say a year ago or earlier this year, even if you want to go back six months ago, weren't as gettable. There are people who uh, I'm closer to getting on the show as guests, which is great. However, there may be instances where they can't make it here Monday night at 9 p.m. Now, there's the option of pre-recording shows, and then they will air Monday night at 9 p.m. So they'll still be new to you. They'll still be the show will still broadcast live every Monday. So that there's that. However, if they can't make it to the studio at a time when we can make it work, where uh, we're just we're sitting here doing the show like now, there may be some audio only shows in the future. Not saying it's an immediate thing. Not saying it's going to happen soon. I'm sweating like crazy now. Jeez, maybe that's why I'm. I I'm parsed. <laughs> we don't run the air conditioner um, in the studio because obviously it makes noise and you don't want to hear this kind of like mm, this hum in the background. That's uh, pretty obnoxious and it's going to get old really fast. So uh, don't mind me sweating on camera and wiping my forehead like, <sighs> believe me, talking this much isn't such of a, so much of a challenge for me. But uh, anyway, there may be weeks where uh, the show's just audio where I may be taking some of my mobile gear and uh, chatting one-on-one -on -one with somebody if they can't make it into the studio. But that's good because the show has has grown in that way. So it, it excites me to be able to do that. <sighs> anyway, back to events. So this weekend, I'm thrilled to say for the first, well, not for the first time ever, well, technically, first time ever, I'm seeing Sammy Hagar perform solo with The Circle. And uh, you should absolutely, aside from checking out the Trombone Shorty albums, as I mentioned, you should check out Sammy Hagar and The Circle, the live album we talked about at length in Kate 57, discussing Van Halen and everything Van Halen related. Uh, you should absolutely check out this live album. And I'm thrilled because I only saw Sammy once. It was 2012, and that was with his band Chickenfoot with Joe Satriani, Michael Anthony, also formerly Van Halen, and Chad Smith, drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But they were playing their own material with the exception of, I believe, the encore song they played was Rock Candy because Ronnie Montrose had just, uh, had just passed away. But I've never seen him do the Van Halen material, never seen him do his solo material. So this is going to be great. So this weekend, going all the way to Indio, where the fuck that is, Indio, California, somewhere to see uh, Sammy in the Circle, and I'm thrilled. I am so excited to be able to see him perform those songs that I've, I've loved for, Jesus, 20-plus years now. That's going to be a blast. So, uh, hey, that's another event that's happening. And it's, it's been a really busy summer because being in Los Angeles, it's, since it's such a huge market for tours, there's really been a, you kind of have to pick and choose, at least I do, have to pick and choose who you're going to go see because it's expensive to go to concerts. There have been so many recently that I haven't been able to go to that I wanted to go to, which, um, I mean, Buddy Guy was just at, um, I believe at UCLA doing a show in late July, maybe early August. Hart was just at the Hollywood Bowl uh, the week before her trombone short. So two weeks ago, they did two nights at Hollywood Bowl. And uh, only seen them once, 2011. 
And uh, they, that would have been cool to see, but and Def Leppard's coming around too next month. They're going to be at, um, you're going to be at the Forum with Sticks and Tesla. Uh, I've seen Tesla live, haven't seen Sticks. But, uh, and I've seen Def Leppard five times, so it's not like, oh my God, I can't, I can't see them this time. It's not that bad. I've seen them a ton of times. Um, but it, it's been a couple of years, so I would like to see them again. Uh, I actually saw them with Hart that one time I saw Hart. So yeah, four years ago, Jones Beach, which is in New York, by the way. So it's, it's not as simple, though, as just buying a ticket. I mean, even the Hart tickets were like 29 bucks, and you could still get really good seats. And having been the Hollywood Bowl, I have an idea of where the seats would have been. But it's not just that because you have that, you got to either pay to park somewhere or pay for a shuttle or pay for Uber or Lyft or whatever. And, you know, then if, if you want to get a drink or anything, oh man, are you in trouble? Because it's going to cost you even more money. I mean, $5 for a bottle of water, a water like this size, just a regular bottle, like 16 ounce bottle of water, $5 minimum. If you want to eat, even worse, when when Sherry and I went to Cat House Live two weeks ago, uh, we because we were going to be there for a few hours, we got there about five o'clock ish. We were going to be there till after eleven. I think when we finally left, it was about eleven. And uh, the smallest food portion you could get was either a um, a hot dog, which I don't remember if it was a foot long. It was a pretty decent sized hot dog, or a pizza, which is like six and a half inches in diameter, like one of those lean cuisine, like single serve pizzas. That for nine bucks. Uh, what we ended up doing was she got a hot dog, I got pizza, and we just went halfsies with each. So uh, we had pizza and hot dogs. So it, mentally, we're thinking we're going to be more full because we each had two things to eat when uh, in reality, it was just a ton of starch and empty calories. But um, uh, which, by the way, and bear with me because my train of thought goes all over the um, all over the tracks. But why don't people like ketchup as much as they should? Because Sherry's like which decorating the hot dog and she's putting in mustard, a couple of mustard packets, some relish. That's it. Why no ketchup? And I even said, "What? You don't like ketchup on hot dogs?" No. Well, it's, it's a hot dog. It it works. I'm not saying like you got the filet mignon. Where's the ketchup? It's a hot dog. Put ketchup on it. Do you want to put ketchup on your half? Yes, please. Ketchup's a good topping. It's good for dipping. It's good, for, but it seems like a lot of people are like oh, I don't put ketchup. On my, I know I know a lot of people don't put ketchup on hot dogs. Don't put ketchup on burgers, which is hilarious because if there's some kind of alternative, like uh, look, I like In and Out Burger. Nothing wrong with In and Out Burger, but they have the the spread, which is probably like two parts ketchup, one part mayonnaise. Anyway, yeah, it's not straight up ketchup, but it's nothing. You know, I think it's the same thing as McDonald's. Uh, special sauce or secret sauce or whatever the hell they call it. But why don't people put ketchup on everything? Like I said, I'm not saying put it on steak. I'm not saying put it on salmon or, or something. Like don't put it on anything fancy, but like just on a hot dog. I've, I've noticed that lately. And, and people just kind of saying like, oh, ketchup. Oh, why don't you do that? I don't know. And, and granted, I always got a, a little bit of crap from my parents when I used to put any kind of condiments on stuff at all. Well, why are you putting, you know, if I had... um. Let's say we had chicken for dinner, which was a staple in, in our house growing up and still is to this day uh, in my parents' house. But um, I like doused the thing in, in barbecue sauce and they're like, what do you do? You're going you're gonna to ruin the flavor of the chicken. Well, that's the whole point. I want to taste something other than just chicken. So I'm going to put some really, really sweet and thick barbecue sauce on it.
And uh, that's going to help. That's going to help me eat this meal. Um, ketchup, though, nothing wrong with ketchup. Why don't people put ketchup on their hot dogs? I don't understand. Feel free to let me know. <laughs> I have no answer. I thought it was so weird. Like, relish and mustard are okay. Ketchup, no good on a hot dog. What the hell? Um, anyway, so between getting to the venue, parking, food, everything, it's not just like the price of the ticket. There's so much more involved. So I, I had to kind of pick and choose this summer because there are a lot of shows I wanted to see. So... There we go. But I get to see Sammy Hagar, which I'm excited about. And uh, actually, just a short time ago, had a friend send me, and I'm going to pull this up so I have it right. Because uh, on the never-ending topic of, uh, of Van Halen that keeps coming up on here, but since they're touring right now, it's appropriate, there's uh, <laughs> popped up on Groupon, get Van Halen tickets from the Hollywood Bowl, uh, which... Fine. If, if this comes off as an advertisement, great. Um, buy, buy tickets if you want to see uh, the Van Halen family band featuring David Lee Roth, the rock and roll clown. But uh, <laughs> if you go to Groupon, certain sections, 44% uh, discount on tickets to see Van Halen at the Hollywood Bowl in October. Uh, that, to me, says tickets aren't moving so well, at least for a venue as big as the Hollywood Bowl, which is like, I think, 18,000. We checked on the way out. There was some... You know, one of those boards like information or history or whatever. I think it's 18,000 seats. Um, I guess they're not moving that well. Because like big tours, you always hear about like, that's sold out. It's only 35 days. Like Rush just came around. I think they did 30 dates and they all sold out within, I don't know, a day of going on sale. Like they went quickly. And then there's this semi version of Van Halen that is coming around. And uh, you can get tickets to see them at the Hollywood Bowl on Groupon. It's kind of struck me as being funny, which by the way, uh, Van Halen episode has gotten a lot of views and I'm happy about that uh, and receives a lot of good feedback for, especially the comparisons of playing the, the uh, studio and live versions of the respective eras. Can I just say, I have a lot of respect for fans who enjoy both David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. I do because they're not all, they, they don't get uptight about, uh, you know, just one era or the other. And you see a lot of that now just permeate other other areas of uh, pop culture. People are just like, Ben Affleck's going to be the best Batman. Christian Bale sucks. Like, th there seems to be this, this sense, maybe it's a human thing. I don't know. But it's just like, for me to like this, I need to dislike whatever else is happening. But no, it's, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with Christian Bale's Batman. And there's no, look, David Lee Roth's era in Van Halen, not what I grew up with and not my thing. But it's great that people can like, but I have a lot of respect for people who like both eras because they're just like, it's Van Halen, the band evolved. That's fine. So I like those people. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to pick one or the other, even though I am one of those, one of the other people. Uh, but that's just, that's just my opinion. I've heard the Roth stuff. I own it all. I own all those albums with him. Uh, not any, not the recent ones, the hell no. Uh, but the debut album up to 1984, yes, I do. And frankly, I, would, I listened to the first album quite a lot when I was, I think, 19 or so. Maybe it was the first time I got it. Oh, I got the cassette first, and then I got all the CDs later. But, man, I uh, I listened to it quite a bit, and not so much because the songs were great, more to do with Eddie's guitar playing. Being a guitar player, I kind of wanted to hear that, and I enjoyed that more than I did the songs themselves because the songs, I I stand by it. Songs are pretty dopey. <laughs> Lyrically, they're pretty, pretty stupid. Mm. Anyway, so feel free to check out... Um, Sammy Hagar in the circle. <laughs> Trombone shorty. Click through on uh, 
The Amazon link at chrisabalo.com. Uh, go to chrisabalo.com, click the support the show tab, click through Amazon, buy it. By the way, also check out, you may not have recognized the intro song, Better Days Coming by Winger. Now, when you say winger, people instantly jump to, oh, 17, headed for a heartbreak, hair metal, or they think of Stuart from Beavis and Butthead. But we've got a lot of good stuff, man, and I saw them last November at the Whiskey, and they kicked ass, and that's from their last album. And you wouldn't think, listening to that, you wouldn't say, oh, that's obviously a, a hair band from the 80s. No. No, it just sounds like a rock band. There's so, unfortunately, I think a lot of, particularly when it comes to hair bands, the image kind of taints it to a degree. I was actually having this discussion with, um, with Sherry, we were driving back from uh, Cat House Live because if you look up Cinderella Shelter Me, it's like it's it's almost like a like a Southern rock song. It's got like this gospel choir in it and stuff. You know, we all need a little shelter. I'd pull it up right now, but um, no. But uh, <laughs> or you just have William do it. But no, he's oh Jesus, he nodded off. I'm just gonna have to knock on the window and wake him up. We're done, dude. Hey, we're done. Hey, I'm finished. Outro music, can you, no? That's okay. I gave him a heads up at the beginning of the show. I'm just like, man, I hope you brought a book. It's going to be a long hour. Ah, and you poor bastards tuning in live. Aren't you disappointed? No, anyway. Um, so, Cinderella, Shelter Me. If you listen to the song, look it up on YouTube, but don't watch the video. Or look it up on Spotify. And then go to Google and search The Black Crows. And if you look at a picture of The Black Crows, particularly like their first album, Shake Your Moneymaker, if you take that picture and say this band is the band that did this song Shelter Me, people would be like, oh, this is great. This is Southern Rock, whatever. But because it's a band like Cinderella, who everybody labels as this hair band and just kind of dismisses them, it, I don't think it gets the, the respect it deserves. And seeing the crowd get so into it when we were at Cat House and, and Cinderella frontman Tom Kiefer was there, oh, it was great. How, how into it people were and what it, how excited the crowd was and how into it the band. I mean, it was just, it was a great, great time. But unfortunately, it's a song that I don't think gets its due. Because people just look at it as like Cinderella hairband. <laughs> Forget that. But, you know, there you go. And same thing with Winger. You wouldn't have known that was Winger at the top of the show. You would have just thought it was maybe like some kind of singer-songwriter or something. I'm not saying you would have confused it for like Mumford and Sons or Dave Matthews. But you wouldn't have thought like the guys who did Headed for a Heartbreak? Get the fuck out of here. No. It's, uh, yeah, that's Winger. So check out Better Days Coming, the album from Winger. And you can get that by clicking through the Amazon banner at chrisavalo.com. Or when you go to iTunes to give this show five stars, you can get it there. If you're, uh, if you're into the digital thing, then please uh, go to iTunes. And after you're done subscribing, giving the show five stars, then yeah, purchase Winger. Better days coming. Good stuff. Um, Jesus Christ. It's the counter's moving. I can't believe, is it really that late? Wow. <laughs> I knew there was going to be no problem filling an hour. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, maybe just a little bit. I'm certainly not going to do it on camera, though. I'm just going to go home and jerk off. Oh, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. But anyway, um, <laughs> think about how great I did doing an hour by myself. Um, okay, a couple of more things. And uh, in fact, I'm going to take a moment to give a little love to one of our sponsors. One of my favorites, even though I love them all, audible.com. What is audible.com? Audible is the leading provider of digital audiobooks with over 180,000 titles to choose from across all genres. They have everything you could be looking for. And for you, viewers, listeners, fans of Cape, Audible is offering you a free, 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 free 
audiobook download and a free 30-day trial. So you can try out their service and see what it's all about. I've had Audible for coming up on five years. It's going to be five years around November. And I'm a huge fan. Listen on my smartphone all the time. I have the app on my Android phone. Love it. Absolutely love it. Listen to audiobooks all the time. I just bought and started listening to The End of Dieting by Dr. Joel Furman, who's somebody who my mother's been mentioning to me for a while as far as healthy eating and everything related to that. And, um, well, anyway, that's what I recommend. <laughs> I'll carry on with that in a second, but let me just finish up giving a little love to Audible. You can choose The End of Dieting by Joel Furman or from any other books they have at audible.com. Free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash cape and sign up. Get your free audiobook download and check out everything Audible has to offer you. It's 30 days, no obligation. If you're not into it, keep your free audiobook and cancel your subscription. But go there, give it a try. I highly recommend it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you're into something like podcasts, if you're into something like this, an audiobook, it's probably not too far out of your, your taste. Um, anyway, The End of Dieting. Yeah, I checked this book out because I'd known a lot about Joel Furman and um, his, he's got these retreats people go on where they go and, and they eat well and it kind of reinforces just healthy living in general. It's not about diet. His thing isn't necessarily diet. It's about eating nutritiously and doing the best you can to stay healthy and to live a long time. He's not up there uh, preaching like a, you know, you, you have to do that. He's not, he's not on some fad thing. Like, I'm not going to say vegan's a fad, but certainly a lifestyle or something like paleo, which um, I, I had a friend tell me about paleo. Oh, the paleo is great. Oh, you got to get into paleo. I'm huge into paleo and it's been great. Well, what is it? It's just eat a lot of meat and, you know, tree nuts and shit like pine cones. I don't remember. But all this, Basically eat, eat like a caveman. Oh, well, that's good because they're still around. Great idea. Paleo. Um, which the same thing, high protein, low everything else, which I remember as being the Atkins diet, but hey, whatever. Um, but it's one of those things that I've been thinking about just living more healthfully lately because goddamn, I'm just over five weeks away from being 34, 34 years old. It's insane. How did that happen? I've been out of hut now with school starting again. I've been thinking about school. Wow. It's been a long time since I've had to go back to school. Yeah. The last time I went back to school proper at like a fall to summer school, high school, 16 years ago, I started my senior year of high school. What the fuck? What happened? I do not understand where the time went. It's not what I thought. Listen, from three years old up to 18, that's what 15 years should feel like. It should take a long time. Last 15 years? Nope. Hasn't taken a long time at all. It's gone by quickly. It's gone. It's felt like five years ago that I was in high school. Man, that's why I still dress like I'm in high school. But... Really, it, it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. Gone by so quickly. But the reality is, yeah, I'm getting older. And the reality is, yeah, they're opening a lot more Dunkin' Donuts in Southern California. What am I going to do? I can't just keep eating this stuff. I can't just keep putting, you know, I'm a little more doughy than I want to be. And uh, the last time I was in really good shape, it was, I'm ashamed to say, almost a year ago because we did the final photo shoot and the final round of shows for the only podcast that matters. And uh, when I flew home to New Jersey last September, knowing that all this was coming up, I'd, I spent like the month leading up to it. I was eating well. I was exercising at least four days a week, uh, usually like every other day or more frequently, just getting up and, and making sure I was working out first thing in the morning. And I was good. I got down to just a few pounds above my typical average. 
or well, not my modern average, the average that when I was, you know, fit and healthy. And uh, that was great. Back to kind of being a little doughy. And it's so, you know, believe the hype, people. Once you're in your 30s, because of, I don't think because you're in your 30s, I just think it's an accumulation of uh, habits and diet and lifestyle and everything else. It's easier to put it on. It's harder to take it off. And I just thought I, I need to develop better eating habits, which was one of the reasons uh, the end of dieting intrigued me because it's easy to go back in your old habits when you diet. Or I'm sorry, after you diet. Um, perfect example, my parents, they did Nutrisystem a few years ago. They dropped a bunch of weight. My father dropped more weight than my mother, which is something. That's one of those things women will always resent about men. It's easier for us to drop weight, or at least it's it's more initially noticeable. I think it's just one of those genetic things, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so they lost weight, but that's because they were on a reg- they were on a portion control regimented here are your meals every day program. Well, they're not going to stick on that program for a long. It's not like they've been on Nutrisystem since and they've maintained the weight. No, they've they haven't yo-yoed, but they certainly aren't as slim as they were a few years ago after being on the the program, which is kind of the the trap door when it comes to to dieting, because unless you're going to adopt that as your new lifestyle, it's not going to work. And, um, you know, with, with putting on more weight, with getting older, with all those other considerations, I'm like, I need to figure something out because I, I'm very uh, quick to admit it. I have a sweet tooth. I can suck up a bag of gummy bears between red lights. It's bad. <laughs> and sometimes I do No, but there's, um, just like anybody, there's so much temptation at, Believe me, I can walk into the grocery store and and this happened. This just happened, oh, two weeks ago. And I see cake slices, which a misnomer. The cake slice is the size of a Prius, but cake slices, they're normally like $2.49. They're on sale for a dollar. It's like a weekend sale kind of thing. And I'm like, hmm, carrot cake sounds really good. Ooh, they have red velvet cake too. Ooh, man. Well, I can get two and it costs less than what I would pay for one. I wouldn't normally buy one, but now I get two for that price. Shit. Uh, yeah, those were gone over the weekend. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. I just sucked up like 1,500 calories in two days, stuff I shouldn't have eaten in the first place. But I have that sweet tooth and man, I'm home at night and I'm catching up on, you know, Jim Gaffigan show or something. And I'm just like, ooh, that's right. I got that slice of carrot cake in the fridge. I'm going to dig in. And, and you don't even enjoy it. I should have just stood in my kitchen and took small bites and really absorbed it. Instead, I'm watching TV, and before I know it, I look down, it's just like the little plastic container's empty. What the fuck? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we have something good where it's like, oh, this is going to be great? You do it with ice cream all the time. You bought the pint of Ben & Jerry's, like, well, it's not as bad as the 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 drum of ice cream I normally buy, the Dryers or Edie's or uh, whatever your regional brand is. And it's like, I'm going to buy the little pint of Ben & Jerry's because this isn't so much. I'm just going to eat a little bit, and that'll, that's all. And then you'll put on a movie. Or you'll put on a TV show and then you'll look down and you'll just be like, oh God, I can see the bottom of the container. How did that happen? You don't even enjoy it. You eat all these cows, you don't even enjoy it. It's horrible. Um, yeah, it's... The tem- temptation is is crazy. And now there's so much available. And um, it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of just like, I'm just going to eat and eat and eat. And then all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you're just like, good God. What happened? And sometimes I see pictures, even from after doing the show here, the, the pictures we take right behind me in front of the Skid Row Studios logo. And I think, oh God, who is that? That's Chris Abalo in like 10 years, right? Has Chris Abalo gone to seed? No, that's Chris Abalo right now. 
And uh, so I thought I'm going to read this book. Now, Brandon, I just started the book. I'm enjoying it so far because he also pokes holes in uh, other diet plans, including vegans. So don't think uh, he's talking about eating healthy. It's just like, yeah, eat fruits and vegetables. Everybody knows that. That's not uh, some kind of revelation. But he pokes holes in uh, the arguments of vegans, too. So it, it's more about just eating healthfully for the sake of being healthy and living a long life, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm enjoying it. Because, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a diet fad book. It's not the South Beach diet or bullshit like that. But, um, you know, it's funny. Um, and this is something I've thought about recently when it comes to getting o- older. Because people always talk about, oh, the good old days. Things were so much better then. Man, things were uh, back in the day. Oh, it was great. I'm guilty of that, too. My senior year of high school was one of the most fun years of my life. From when I started in September of 1999 up until the end of the summer of 2000. Man, I had such a blast. So I'm guilty of it, too. However, I think all of us, de-emphasize how great things are now because things are great now. I've had an email address for like 16 years. I think I've had an email address since uh, my senior year of high school. Uh, They're AOL like everybody else. And um, man, who would have known circa 2000 that I'd be, I'd have a show. I'd be talking to you and you'd be listening to me on a medium that frankly didn't exist. There weren't podcasts or live internet shows. I mean, maybe on like adult sites. Let's be honest. Those have always been there. But otherwise, this really, this wasn't a format that existed back then. And now here I am doing a show with my name in it. What the hell? Never would have dreamed about that. Look, when I was a high school senior, because I, <laughs> I had this thing, I gave up soda senior and I had bad headaches. I was drinking like two liters of soda a day. I also worked in a mall. I worked at Old Navy and I worked in a mall. And the Old Navy was just below the food court. So I'd go up on my break. I'd have an hour break. And I'd go to like Wendy's and just go crazy on the value menu, except I get a biggie soda, which is now like the size of the medium soda. I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode of the show, but it was gigantic. So I'd suck up like two liters of soda in a day, but I was still, I, I graduated high school at 155 pounds. I actually remember that, uh, which is too skinny. I'm six feet tall. That's too damn skinny. But when I gave up soda, and man, did I get headaches from caffeine withdrawal. But when I gave up soda, I said, I'm not going to drink soda. No, I'm going to drink iced tea. But what were my iced tea choices? Brisk, <laughs> Lipton brisk iced tea and Nestle cool iced tea. Sickeningly sweet. Stuff. The same stuff, just not carbonated. <laughs> still corn syrup, still food coloring, awful stuff. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is iced tea. This is better than soda. When in reality, it probably wasn't at all. It's probably just as bad. It was just flat as opposed to still. As opposed to carbonated. Whoops. Wow. Uh-oh, I'm starting to go. Does that mean the show's over? Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's... Now, think of the food options. I'm here. You'll see me a lot of times. I'm sitting here with a bottle of uh, Honest Tea or Steez, S-T-E-A-Z. I will plug them because I've for a long time, that was like my ritual. We were doing the only podcast that matters. The guys give me trouble. Like, oh, here he is. He's got his can of Steez with him. And eventually I started bringing him for everybody. So we'd all be sitting and drinking tea. We're almost like old men in our 20s. It was pretty funny. Or sometimes we'd have nights of tea where we'd actually brew Andrew, who's um, our, our cohort in the only podcast that matters, also had a Keurig. So we, we would have like the K cups of tea and make individual cups of tea. So we would actually sit and drink hot tea sometimes. Fucking old maids in our... In our mid to late 20s. But anyway, um, yeah, iced tea now, so much better than it was in 2000. So I can't pine for like the days of being young because like the food and carrot cake's a dollar apparently. No, but there's um there's a lot of good things about now that I think we kind of put down. People tend to romanticize because they wore a smaller size pants. 
they didn't have kids. They didn't have rent or a mortgage payment. They had less lines in their face, whatever it is. So I think people romanticize, ah, the good old days back then. But I think it's a way of kind of putting down now. And I'm not trying to turn this into philosophy, anything. But I feel like um, we, <laughs> we, we overemphasize how great things were because you romanticize it. Because it's like, you never need to go back to that again. You never need to live with your parents again, hopefully, if things are going well for you. You never need to worry about living with your parents. And you never need to... Uh, you never need to worry about borrowing the car. Chances are you have your own or you have means. It's something like what I mentioned earlier, Lyft and Uber. You don't even need to own a car. We talked about last week, millennials don't even want to get their driver's licenses. They get driven around places. Just pay for it. It's probably cheaper than car insurance. They probably can just take an Uber to work round trip. And it's probably cheaper than what it costs for car insurance and gas now too. Oh, Jesus. Um, so yeah, when you think about like, oh, things were so great. I can make movies on this thing. This is my phone. I could do a show here in a studio and have to broadcast live. People are watching this right now as I'm doing it. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm not on some kind of network. Um, but anyway. Uh, all right. Closing thought because uh, we're just about out of time. One of the other things I've been thinking about lately, and this isn't like an uh, old man or whatever, you know, with birthday. It's not even the age of the birthday, by the way. It's not like 34 is such a specific number. It's it's not. It doesn't end in a five and a zero, which is when people kind of get like... Mm. So it's it's not even the the age so much that has me thinking about things or um you know just things that are kind of um, perpetually on my mind. But uh, with regard to doing this show, and part of my gratitude for you for checking out the show, for the myriad of guests who have come in here and uh, who have joined me and who keep coming back and recommend that their friends come on the show, uh, or for people who've come in who I don't know so well, who I'm getting to know them here on the air as you are watching and listening to us. Just over five years ago, at uh, the beginning of July 2010, I left what up to this day <laughs> is the best paying job I'd ever had. And I just knew like I couldn't do that anymore. And I didn't know what it was going to mean. I certainly didn't know it was going to mean two years later, I'd be coming back to California pursuing uh, voice acting. You know, this is also this finished that job the same week we started doing the only podcast that matters, my first podcast. And I didn't know exactly what that meant. Coming back to California, I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like and what it was going to turn into. My gut told me to come back here to California. My gut told me I need to leave this job. This isn't working out. I've been doing it for so long and it's not, I'm, I'm not getting the results I want. And I know I'm worth more than this. I know I want to do other things. So, and I have friends going through changes right now. I have friends having kids. I have friends getting married. Um, moving in together. So there, there's a lot going on. So all those external things I see and I compare it to kind of like where I am. And it's, it's like, I didn't know exactly where I was going to end up five years ago. I wouldn't have thought I'd be sitting here right now talking to you. But being open to the, the adventure and the things that would come of it you know, coming out here and doing my own show while somewhat simultaneously doing another show back in New Jersey with my friends when I was able to make trips home um, and starting to do this out of my apartment. Uh, the first episode was what I'm doing now, sitting here and I talked for a half hour and saying, well, here I am going to do my own show and blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, Jesus, almost two and a half years ago. And now I'm sitting here in a studio doing the show live. And uh, all I can say without, I don't have any sage advice for anybody. Sorry. Uh, I just have some experience and uh, some mistakes. Uh, some might call it wisdom, but I'm not because I know myself too well. But 
I didn't know what I'd be walking into when I walked out of that job. I didn't know what I'd be walking into when I moved back to California almost three years ago. But I've met a bunch of great people, made some incredible friends. You've met many of them here on this show. Uh, there's this fan base now for the show that I'm incredibly grateful for. And if you're taking the time to listen to the show and to watch the show, then I truly do appreciate that. And I do appreciate you spreading the word because that's how this keeps going and keeps growing because this is such a, this is a small operation. There's, a, there's literally me and two other people who technically work for the show. And uh, I just want to say that keep yourself open to things. You never know exactly what's going to, what's going to happen. And um, if you're going through some kind of change, that's a good thing. We, we all get way too comfortable and we all make sure, uh, you know, we, we're just like, ah, oh, we get to a point where it's just like, I'm content. This is good. Um, but that's suicide. Don't get to the point where you're so comfortable and you're just like, finally, oh, I could kick back and relax because it's been said in many different ways, but you grow or you die. You're either on the incline or you're on the decline. There's no kind of coasting for a while. You can coast for a short time but not very long. So uh, just stay open, follow your gut. My gut has uh, done me well so far because it's led me back to California doing the show, meeting these people who I've met and uh, doing a lot of things that are happening to the point where there are going to be some new people popping up on the show, which is great. I have recurring guests who come on the show and uh, all that's great. Who would have known that would have happened? All I do is just keep following what I thought was going to be the right thing to do and what interested me and what got me excited and... Here I am. So think about that. And in between thinking about it, follow the show at Cape Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr. And please like the show on Facebook. And of course, you can always tune in live here at skidrowstews.com. Mondays at nine. I want to thank William for being here and uh, for waking up on his own. I do appreciate that. And... Thank you for, of course, listening and tuning in. I'd like to thank myself for being awesome on a daily basis. There's my pat on the back. And, um, of course, tune in every Monday night, 9 p.m. to the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe on there as well. And tell a friend. So, until next time, this is Chris Abalo, And this was yet another experiment. See you next week. Because you can see my junk through my jumpsuit.